with the third pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota Black State. stretch run to Mostert, gets the edge left, cuts back inside. Raheem Mostert has four rushing touchdowns and the most yards Listening to the Fourth and Gold Podcast with Javi and Fern. Try to do what's right and not be affected by any of that. And it's just been interesting to watch. And sure, glad that it's over. I'm glad that we got our guy. I'm glad we feel so good about it. And um, welcome to the Fourth and Gold Podcast. We are back. Week one is here. Fortnite is going to Detroit. I'm excited. You're excited. Everyone's excited. Jimmy Garoppolo's excited. Trey Lance is excited. Yes. Uh, Shanahan didn't really give a shit to answer questions today. Fern, how are you? Derek Jeter went to the Hall of Fame today. It's been a great, great, great day. Respect. Respect for Jeter. Uh, dude, I'm oh, I'm so excited. We're a couple <laughs> days away, man. Football's back. And uh, the long, long offseason is officially over. We have some real week-to-week legitimate regular season content to be talking about matchups and this week we get to talk about the Detroit Lions so I'm jacked up buddy let's do it yeah 49ers are favored by seven and a half one of the largest uh spreads of the week um so if you are a betting person uh I've been told to tease this up to eight and a half so We'll see. Solid. Not Solid. much of better, but I'm I'm more into the fantasy side of it. Uh but yeah we are back. Shout out to everybody in the comments section. Um Everyone tuned in. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, let's get some news out of the way. We do have some, uh, I think, a n- unique announcement. Hmm. Um, we will be starting to do some residency, residency, excuse me, residency hat giveaways. Right. Yes. Myself, Fernando, we've spoken to the folks at residency. So as long as you are listening to the podcast on a regular basis, you will be entered in. Uh, for these contests to win hats. Now they're gonna we're gonna come out. We're gonna put some details on Twitter here soon on how to win them. Um, obviously, COVID has limited some inventory and things like that, but that is on the way. Shout out to Residency for hooking me up with the Santa Clara hat. Fern, yours are in the mail. I yes, got copies on that. I can't and wait. We're taking care of some uh, folks every win of the season. So not every week, but every 49er win, we'll be doing a giveaway. For these hats. So as long as you're listening to the podcast, we will be giving you a hint in the show. As long as you tweet that hint out, you'll be entered into win. You're so in. You got you to tune into the show. So that's a plus. You got to listen to me and Fern or look at our faces every week to get yourself a free hat. It's a Not nice hat. Bad. They do a really good job. So shout out to Residency for hooking us up. If you don't want to worry about winning it, obviously go to residency, residency.com. That is with a three instead of an E at the end of it. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Max with twenty hats wins. <laughs> 20, yeah, uh, so yeah, finally the uh, the season is here. Finally, some meaningful games. Game day is almost here. You know, I, all the comments here. We are about to curb stomp the Lions. Let's get into that. Woo! The Forty ers made an announcement, not directly. Actually, let's just get to the quarterback, Jimmy. What's going on with you, Week One? You told or not told uh, that you would be the starting quarterback. Uh, 
for a while. Uh, I told you guys a long time ago I had a pretty good feeling about it. I uh, kind of joked about it, but yeah, I, I always kind of knew where I stood and everything. And uh, yeah, now it's official, I guess. Even from the beginning of March 26th when the trade goes down, were you happy with just the level of communication that the coaching staff at the front office shared with you? Yeah, I think they did, they did uh, exactly what they're supposed to and everything. Obviously, it's a weird situation in and of itself, but just, uh, I don't know, throughout all of it, try to stay focused on myself and focused on getting this team better and putting us in the right position. Kyle said it really wasn't a, an official competition, but did it feel like a competition? Uh, not to me, no. I, I go into it pretty consistently every day, just the same attitude. I mean, it's always a competition, but you're competing against the defense during training camp. Now we're competing against Detroit and this week and everything. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of always where I've been with my head, and it, it helped me stay steady throughout this whole thing. Uh, so Jimmy G's the starter, I Swag. guess. Swag. Um, first of all, I think we've been very clear on our position with Jimmy Garoppolo throughout this entire thing. He's been a pro all the way through. So mm-hmm. shout out to Jimmy for being a pro. Definitely. With some really weird circumstances. Some of it brought on to brought on on himself. Performance. Of course, the injuries here are out of his control. But the 49ers don't make a move if they don't feel that they need to upgrade the position. And Jimmy has been a pro throughout this entire process. Um, him being the starter, I think he says he knew for quite some time. I, I like how he's added. I guess I don't know how what to think of that, but it's uh, it's Detroit, and I think we both have said. Well, I know I was very adamant. If you're going to start the rookie, start him against these two teams. But yeah. Jimmy's been known to start slow. Hopefully, he does not start slow against this uh, Lions defense. What do you think of Jimmy Garoppolo today, Fern? In all honesty, I, I love that. I mean, there was a swagger of a starting quarterback, and that's something that he he has brought from day one this year. I mean, he's definitely has a different attitude. He he looks very, very confident in himself. And we're gonna see how it all plays out. I mean, he's you know, he said a few things there that he didn't really think of it as a competition, uh, even though everyone else uh, despite what Kyle would say, was was saying this is a competition. This absolutely isn't. And, and frankly, you're in the NFL. Everything's a competition uh, for the most part. But look, I mean, he's, he's got some swagger to him. He was up there looking fresh. Like He looks like he's ready to go. I'm ready to, for the season to, to get going. So you know what? More power to him. Go out there and shred the Lions up and show us and show mm-hmm. everybody that uh, you're not going anywhere anytime soon this season. So you know, success. I'm all about the success of the team. And if that means Jimmy's under center, then let's do it. Let me see him go out there and ball and and silence some haters for sure. Absolutely. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, I've stated it very, very, uh, a million times. He's fine. You can win with, now he's going to figure out how you win with him. Uh, The Detroit Lions aren't very good. Fern, you did bring up uh, some stuff from PFF, which is very, very interesting. Just offensively, everyone wants to take a look at PFF here. These numbers are absurd. The 49ers offensive line versus this, this Detroit defensive line. The corner situation is very sketchy. The safeties are pretty bad for the Detroit Lions. And every time I watch a 49ers game, I'm thinking of which linebacker is Kyle Shanahan going to pick off, pick on the most. And he has his choice here with these two guys. Can he? He's going to utilize Debo. He can use, utilize Kittle, Dwelly. Kyle Juszczyk, a lot of stuff over the middle. We know Kyle Shanahan is going to attack the middle of this defense. Um, it's going to be tough. It's man. tough I mean, to they, find a positive for this Detroit Lions team. 
Do you see any positives here that would interrupt the 49ers' victory outside of self-inflicted wounds? Looking out, I think it's going to be their edge rushers um, that, that could potentially cause some problems. Now, frankly, you've got, you know, based on this lineup here, you've got Flowers, you know, against Trent. So that's their best edge rusher, right, versus our best tackle. So let's see how that matchup plays out. But for me, the the one spot of potential worry is on the opposite side with McGlinchey uh, against Romeo. So one of their big re-signing, re-upping Romeo for this season. So let's see how that goes because we we know with some of these athletic edges, some of the issues that McGlinchey has when he goes back there and he tries to keep up with some of these really fast uh, edge rushers. So that's my one spot that I'm a little worried about is that side with McGlinchey. But other than that, man, I just don't see how they can consistently stop this. I mean, this is the, like you said, there's so many options right here and so many mismatches. And all we're going to have to do is execute because I do think we're going to be able to run the ball. Kittle's going to have his way and you'll have Debo and Brandon. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to stop us. If we're efficient, at the quarterback spot, I mean, our run game, we should we should definitely put up some numbers this week. Yeah, and it's, it's, it is tough. You know, the offensive line for the 49ers should be much improved. Obviously, Trent Williams' second year after missing the full year of 2019. 2020, he did play very, very well. Obviously, his PFF grade was 91.9, the number one graded tackle through PFF. Lakeland Thomason had a good year last year. And then, of course, uh, Alex Mack in the middle to help solidify that. Brunskill is probably the only shaky position on the offensive line. And McGlinchey, I, I like him. I don't blame him for everything that happens. You know, he looks like he's gained a lot of weight and looks to be in better shape. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. You know, <laughs> defensively, um, this this Lions team is going to go more zone coverage from what it sounds like from what I was reading and what I was hearing. Um, so maybe that's going to help them. Jeff Okuda is more of a, a zone corner instead of a man. He got absolutely destroyed last season uh, in Detroit by playing so much man coverage. So yeah. a lot of zone stuff is going to be there. So this is where kind of, this is probably the only worry for me is always with the Jimmy Garoppolo underneath linebacker, right? <laughs> Dropping the linebackers that's, in zone coverage. True. And maybe confusing Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, a post snap read or something like that. So, those are the type of things that might get in the way of the 49ers winning this game. But I think the Niners can just run the ball literally 45 times and win this game. And that's yeah. kind of the game. <laughs> I, I mean, we should have a lot of rushing yards. And that's between various running backs, some quarterback. I mean, we'll talk about maybe Trey and what happens if he gets in there this week. But we should be able to run the ball, no problem, in my opinion. And it's funny because I'm, I'm online – looking at um, from a Detroit Lion fan base, like their three keys to victory against us. And it was control the clock, which is pretty much a standard, what everyone could say, going in every week playing football, right? Control the clock, run the ball. That's one of their keys with for controlling the clock is obviously running the football, avoid the eye candy. And we'll talk about a little bit of eye candy. Dan Campbell, you know, mentions that a bit. So staying disciplined on defense and then feed their tight end, the second best Iowa tight end that will be playing that weekend on that field. So, (laughs) you know, it's those are their three keys. 
And frankly, I just don't see how they're going to do enough offensively with golf who we know how he plays when we get after it. If we're, if we're getting, bringing the pressure that we saw in the preseason by rotating a bunch of these guys in here, we know how golf is under pressure. And we know that if we can make them a one dimensional team where the only thing they could possibly do is run the ball, we'll be able to snuff that out. We're going to take the pass game away. We'll take the running game away. And frankly, I'm not worried about our, our tight ends trying to, uh, to cover TJ. Right. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about that too much. So there are three keys. I mean, they, they're going to need to play perfect football, in my opinion, to beat us. Even if it's an ugly game and even if we're not perfect and we start off slow, we should have every opportunity to win this weekend. Every opportunity, yeah. no excuses. We could we could play ugly and still be able to pull this out. We have mismatches all over on both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively. We are a better football team. Yeah, on paper, it is it is a significant mismatch. Uh, to one thing I wanted to highlight here, uh, something that Leo Luna brought up on the oh hey there podcast. Um, Panay Sewell, thirty seven blocking, thirty seven pass blocking snaps, four pressures allowed. Mike McGlinchey at 27, zero pressures allowed. This is for the preseason. That's bad for Panay Sewell. And he's going to be have to line up against Eric Armstead quite a bit. Nick mm-hmm. Bosa is going to be over there. D Ford is going to be over there. There's going to be some type of combination of D Ford and Samson Ibukum on that side. Um, if there's any positive to this Detroit Lions team, it is their offensive line. But Panay Sewell has sure. not lived up to any expectations. He was a left tackle in college. He missed all of 2020 with COVID. Well, not, he didn't have COVID, but he opted out of the season. And then now he's getting reacclimated to playing football, but switching his position to the right side of the offensive line. That is probably the biggest mismatch of this game, whether it's Armstead, um, Bosa, Ford, Ibukum. That is something that's going to benefit the 49ers, and I fully expect D'Amico Ryans to exploit that. Now, how does the offense respond? Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. He doesn't impress me very much. You had Justin Herbert last year, and you lost five games basically because you're a bad coach. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and I'm not trying to shit tell on the him, guy. Tell just, him. I mean, we, if you go back and watch those Charger games, you have Justin Herbert. You have a decent offensive line. You have really good offensive weapons, but you misplayed a lot of these things here mm-hmm. um, with the really good quarterback. Now you get Jared Goff, who Sean McVay just basically wanted to get rid of before the playoff game. Like he wanted to start Nick Mullins 2.0 against the Seahawks. Like that should tell you everything you need to know about yeah. Jared Goff and his regression, essentially from 2018. He just significantly regressed. And then with the 49ers and Jared Goff, Jared Goff has not had very much success against the Niners recently. Jared Goff is dead last in passer rating since 2019 when pressured. And that number I had it put up. I put it out there a couple days ago. I want to say it was 54.2. Yeah. Um, which is insane. Like you were the 32nd ranked quarterback under pressure. And that's, you know, we've seen that. So yeah, pass rating for 2019 and 2020 under pressure, uh, minimum 100, 100 attempts. Jared Goff, 54.4. That is 32nd in the league the last two seasons. Yeah. And we're going to have to get after him. You have to get after him. And frankly, with, my questions for the secondary, we're going to need to be aggressive and get after the quarterback quickly. You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, what's up with E-Man and, and how, you know, where he's going to be at um, this weekend. But at the end of the day, the one thing you can do to help cover up some of those weaknesses in the secondary 
is bring a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback and make it get out quick. And we know, and you just brought up the stats, how atrocious Jared Goff is when he is under duress. And we do that pretty well against them. And we definitely, we have seen some awful, awful quarterback play from, from Goff when we're really getting after him. So I'm hoping, you know, he has a Groundhog Day moment when he sees these guys just chasing him all over the field and he just starts throwing some picks and let, let's help, let's help get Norman, you know, Josh uh, uh, acclimated to the defense and let's just, whatever we need to do. I just want to, I want this secondary to hold up on us. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get some, um, just some minor things out of the way. Uh, 49ers did practice today who did not practice. Uh, Jalen Hurd, who is potentially an IR candidate. We'll get to that in here in a second. Emmanuel Mosley did not practice. Kinlaw and Kevin Givens did not practice. Mm-hmm. Limited quarterback one, uh, Trey Lance, uh, did did throw. He did take snaps. Uh, he threw with zip, according to plenty of people out there. Full he was practice. Jerry, right? He was throwing a yeah, Jerry. Jerry in the Chipotle commercial, so that was a plus. <laughs> uh, full participants in practice. Brandon Ayuk, that's a really good sign. D Ford, absolutely love that. Jason Verrett, who's been suffering from, um, uh, what's the injury uh, with the foot? He has a foot issue going on with him. Uh, Dre Greenlaw back, and then Nick Bosa also back, full participant in practice. So those th- those are all really, really good. The 49ers should not have to have Jalen Hurd to win this game and probably don't need Kinlaw to win this game either. But those two missing practice on Wednesday is kind of a big deal. Hopefully, Kinlaw is back for Thursday. Hurd, I do not expect to see him probably until week four. I fully expect him to go on IR. Um People made a big deal about Jalen Hurd at this time. At this point, yes, yeah, plantar fasciitis for for Jason Red. Thank you, Charlie, in the comments. Um, <clears throat> with Jalen Hurd, people are giving him a whole bunch of shit. It's not, you know, he's not choosing to get injured, right? Like no one wants to be hurt. No one wants to have knee tendonitis. No one wants to tear their ACL. No one wants to have their back broken or whatever the hell happened with his back. But the Niners are going to see this all the way through. Right, they've invested a third-round pick. They've invested a lot of capital in the wide receiver room, so they're going to see this all the way through until they've exhausted everything they possibly can to make sure they get something out of this pick. Absolutely, this has worked before for them. Jimmy Ward, how many of us? How many of us in the comments? You and I, you know, as well, I, you know, not I was, very happy with Jimmy Ward and his injury history. It's true. Eric Armstead, same thing. In, injury history. Jason Verrett, we understood. He had the ACL, the Achilles in, in San Diego, comes over, plays like shit in that one game against the Steelers, gets himself re-hurt, and he works him way back. D Ford, a lot of us thought he was going to retire because of his back, and look where he's at now. He's yeah. worked himself back. The Niners are, are hoping that their plan works and gets him back, and I think we're all guilty of it with Ward, Armstead, Verrett, Ford, a couple others out there. So why not see this through? Now, does it upset me that he's going to miss games? No, because at this point, three years removed from this draft class, he was found money, right? So absolutely. if you found this really sweet gem in Trent Sherfield, Jalen Hurd is kind of, hey, we can just wait for you a little bit longer. That's just kind of how I see it. And that draft, you know, people were like, oh, the Niners keep missing all draft picks. His draft class, Nick Bosa, is that a hit, Fern? Um, You know, I... I... He's a he's an okay good, player. Right? Like he's a pretty yeah. good player. Debo, he's pretty good. You know, I think Debo's all right. Dre Greenlaw, solid. And your favorite player, Mitch Wisnowski. Yeah, I mean, gold, 
What yeah. a pick right there. So, and I mean, that's that same draft class. That's a baller pick. That's a, that's a that baller draft, draft class. class. In that same draft class, Caden Smith, who is a contributor for the New York Giants now. So, the Niners basically hit on five or six picks in that draft class. They're doing all right for themselves in that draft class. Yeah. It's that just, I just, to me, that's how I had to rationalize it. I'm not going to get mad about it. There's no reason for me to be super upset about something that he can't control. None of us control. The training staff has done everything they can with him. Yeah. I mean, the, at, once they decided to keep him on the team, right. And he, he made that final Ross at, at that point, you kind of had a feeling that this was the path we were headed down anyway, kind of a very slow, let's ease your way into this thing. Even though he played in that preseason game, it, it wasn't anything mind blowing. And you weren't like, Oh, this guy's ready to tear it up this year. Like this was going to be, okay, you got out there, you found a way to tough it out. You got out there, you played some football, you made the roster. It was just one of those, like, just give me a little bit of a reason to keep you on the scene, like tough it out, get out on that field, and then we'll 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 get you on the roster, and then we'll just kind of ease your way into this thing. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely, with him being on the IR, I mean, he's not coming back until at least week four, and then we'll see. So hopefully he can get his body right, and maybe we maybe we actually get Jalen Hurd in the regular season at some point this year. Yeah. We'll see. I, so so, so I'm gonna, some of the comments, and I think everyone's right to have these these thoughts, you know. No reason to be mad, obviously. He just shouldn't have made the team. That's fair. I think, yeah. And I, I think that is a fair comment, and I don't think that's out of pocket whatsoever. I mean, that's a guy who has never played a regular season snap for the 49ers, right? And yeah. he took someone else's spot and someone else that could potentially be available to play and get out on the field. So I, I respect that opinion 100%. And frankly, I'm not far off in the – I'm not far off from agreeing with that comment. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm close to – you know, I'm, I'm at my point where I'm right on the edge with Hurd and I, I get the one last, let's see if we can do it. Let's see if yeah. we can get this guy healthy and hopefully, you know what, we, we've got some, uh, you know, some magic here. We can get him out there. But I'm, I'm in that in-between where I get it, but then I also do feel like, hey, you, other than the potential, there hasn't been any, you haven't done anything on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, so that's, I, I get it. I get a lot of, for the faithful's, uh, Opinions yeah. with regard to Hurd. And then, you know, with, with that, he shouldn't have made the team if, you know, he's going to remain injured. My question is, who makes it over him? Do we keep Simba Walker? It, just a special teams guy, you know? Um, it, it, it's just, it's a weird that. spot for the Niners to be. Yeah. It's just a really weird spot. Now, if I'm the Niners, I'm calling John Brown and I'm trying to see what's up. Like, John Brown, what's up? Daz Newsome of Carolina. He was cut by the Bears. I don't know what the Bears are thinking. I would have brought Daz Newsom in. Um, I know Riley Ridley was in for a visit or a tryout. Uh, Calvin Ridley's brother. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, you know, they, yeah, there's other guys that can to, that can be there to help them out. Um, so we can, we, you know, we they'd have to figure this out. Um, Dante Johnson's back, Fern. I don't know if you knew that. He's again, like he's gone and he's back and then, he, and then he's gone. He's never leaves. He's back. <laughs> Okay. He was, <laughs> he was as well uh, today. Uh, four players protected. Um, Dante Johnson. Dante Johnson. Excuse me. You brought up Dante. I'm cracking a beer. Nate Sudfeld. Um, 
I think I'm uh, the other two was uh, the other corner. I'm missing. I'm forgetting these names. Either way, they they protected four players. Um, it's probably likely Eman probably doesn't play. So, are we concerned with putting Lenore out there to start? I'm I'm just concerned about the secondary. Like I, I think Lenore has has warranted an opportunity in a situation like this. Um, is he the guy that ends up sticking there? I, I don't know, but he's at least given, he's at least made it a palatable option. I'd say to throw him out there and see what he can do. But this is my, this is one of my, my biggest fears is the health at cornerback and then our depth surrounding our corners. And if we can't get after the quarterback, that's going to, that's, that's a, that's a big ask. And now, mind you, we've got some you know younger receivers here in Detroit, but any receiver, if you give them enough time, is going to cause a problem. So yeah. we need to find a way to continue to bring pressure, and we need to get to golf quickly and get him rattled so he starts throwing those errant passes because I just don't think we can put too much pressure on our corners, especially – where we're at from an injury standpoint and you know potentially putting a rookie out there right away week one. So, and not the rookie I thought that would be out there anyway. So it's uh it's, it's a, that is my, that that's what I'm afraid of this weekend is just if for some reason we don't get the pressure that I think we should be able to get, because again, that's probably their bright spot, right? That offensive line is one of the few things that you could look to and they've got some good players on there, at least from a tackle and their center um, but that the corner scares me, man. It just scares me. It, it really, really does. Cause we're going to need to hold up against some of these receivers in our own NFC West. I and mean, there's some, some major problems that we're going to have to figure out with some of the receivers in our own division. So, you know, I, I think we'll be okay this weekend regardless, but this is definitely we need to get healthy at corner and we need everybody available because this is our this is one of our weaknesses. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so the four players protected D Virgin, Nate Subfield, Travis Benjamin, Dante Johnson. And I think we spoked about the, the Travis Benjamin thing with the herd that we kind of saw <sighs> this one with herd. Uh, Travis Benjamin uh, is likely going to be up as the team's punt returner. And then Brandon Ayuk would be a situational punt return option. I'm not super in favor of. Brandon Ayuk returning punts. However, you know, we grew up in Pennsylvania. We've seen Deshaun Jackson return punts as the number one wide receiver for the Eagles, right? And situationally, he was excellent. Situationally. The the Cardinals use Patrick Peterson. You know, some of these guys, some teams just use their best players when they have have other options. But if they use it, they need it situationally, they'll use it. Um, Let's get to this 49ers run game. Uh, Debo Samuel was asked about it. And I thought he had a really, really solid answer. Yeah. Debo also wearing a residency hat. Let's go. With the run game, you guys seem to evolve every year in some way. Adding Trey this year, are you interested to see what the run game could look like and how good it could potentially be? Our run game going to be crazy. Uh, you know, as it, in this offense, that's where it started. Uh, the more runs and you know, more yards we get to carry, it open up the whole offense. How do you see yourself fitting into that? Do you consider yourself, you know, part running back on those jet sweeps? I figure myself, I put myself in like the athlete category. <laughs> so Debo's not here for your slander. Don't call him a running back. He's an athlete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a really good wide receiver. Let's just 
He Lee is, McCoy, man. Really good wide receiver. He is. Uh, so he can do everything. I mean, that that's I think that's what makes him so special is how he can carry the ball and because how how much of a weapon he was in the backfield last year, you forget that the dude isn't that isn't a bad wide receiver. Like he, he doesn't need to be just a gadget, you know, wide out. This this kid can go out there and run some routes. And look, is he as crisp as Brandon is running some routes? No. But I mean, shit, he's a good football player. And I love that. I, I put myself in the athlete category. Damn right, man. You could do you are you can go out there. You can run with the best of them. You got nice hands. You're you're strong. You can take a hit. You know, slants, whatever. I mean, this kid can do everything that you would ask for him. And if we are completely healthy, and Brandon's on one side, and Debo, and as these guys are young, and they're still young wideouts, Debo's a young wideout, so he's still getting better and better. This is not—he is not in his prime yet. And this yeah. kid is getting better, and he's going to go out there and show it. And I, I fully expect. Debo to have a fucking baller year. I absolutely expect there to be some really, really, really nice stats uh, when Debo's year is all said and done. I mean, he's going to put up some nice numbers. Yeah, it's going to. This is a con. This is a contract deciding year for Debo Samuel, right? Mm-hmm. This is year three. You know, they can start negotiations at the end of this season. Do the Niners want to extend him? I don't know. Maybe injuries have hampered him. Year one, obviously, last year. <clears throat> He had a broken foot. Then, of course, the hamstring. He just never got right. Yeah. Um, our guy, Eric Crocker, has spoken about this plenty of times. There's a weight concern with Debo Samuel. He kind of got to stay on his ass to keep his weight down mm. in a certain way. Um, so, yes, it's going to be a big year. I'm predicting Debo Samuel to have the most receiving yards in this game. Um, I, I, think he, I think he gets over 90. And a lot of that is, you know, his push passes that, they, that he gets. That still counts as a pass. Um but Nick, in the comments here, we were going to get to this anyways. The Niners are going to run the ball, right? Do the Niners have more points or more rushing attempts on Sunday? So, ooh. Think about it, because I think the Niners are going to run the ball over 35 times. I mean, we know if it's working, they have no problem just running and running and running and running. And with their stable running backs... It's going to be, it would be a nightmare for Detroit if they can't find a way to stop the run early on. Um, But I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Niners score more points than rushing attempts. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that, uh, that we're going to, we're going to put up more points than we do rushing attempts, but it's going to be close. I mean, it's going to be close. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go off and just say that despite uh, a good amount of rushing attempts, Jimmy's going to throw for a few touchdowns too, and, and we'll be we'll be in the thirties, but it's going to be close. I definitely think it'll be close. That is fair. Um, yeah, I think Niners are going to run over thirty five times on Sunday. I don't think they're going to ask to throw. I don't think they're going to throw more than twenty five. So we got to think sixty five offensive plays. You know, you're probably right in that forty range for rush attempts. I would think thirty five seems like the sweet spot. 20 of those for Mostert. So if you have Mostert in fantasy, start him. If you have George Kittle in fantasy, start him. Ayuk, Debo, eh. and maybe you want to stream Jimmy Garoppolo in daily fantasy. Maybe. You know, hey, he might I give think, you two, three I touchdown passes. He's going to get his opportunities. Uh, and as long as he capitalizes on it, then, then Kyle will keep giving him a little bit more and a little bit more. But you'll see if, 
if he makes a couple really dumb throws and, and but the running game's going, this could easily turn into hey buddy, just 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 keep handing it off and just keep hand like don't all over again. we're good. We're good. Let's not mess this one up. So yeah, he's gonna you know, he's gonna get a couple of those crumbs from Kyle. And as long as he he hits them and he's he's crisp when he gets his opportunities, then then Kyle will give him a little bit more and a little bit more as this game goes on. But I definitely think this is gonna be this is gonna this is a tough ask for Detroit to stop yeah. us because of how many different ways we can cut it up. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of Detroit, let's get to Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell did speak about Kyle Shanahan and what this offense can do. I'm not saying he sounds nervous or anything like that. He just sounds like a man who knows this is a very <laughs> tall, tall task. And also listening to Dan Campbell away from some of the weird sound bites and you know the Twitter clickbaity bullshit that they put out there. The man's yeah. very smart. He's an he intelligent seems it. guy. He so, definitely uh, seems it. Dan, what is the most difficult part about stopping the 49ers? That he brings. How do you prepare a young roster for that? Or do you just focus on um, the basic fundamentals and, and let that kind of take care of the, the wrinkles? Yeah, well, I think <laughs> there's a lot of it. You have to just give them a base rule on a number of these things. You know, I mentioned eye candy. They're going to give you some eye candy. They're going to, they'll do the fake sweeps, the fake jet sweep motion, trying to pull your eyes or, or make, you know, see if you're undisciplined or your eyes going to follow him instead of following your run key or your, or your, whatever your description is uh, in the past. And, and I think they do that and then they know how to cut the defense. You know, they can get you moving one way and then they bring the fullback back. They bring 44 back. And uh, and they'll slice you on the backside of some of these runs. They'll shoot. They'll they'll bring that turbo motion. Get your eyes moving this way. And they'll toss. They'll toss the ball to the ball carry, moving the same way with cash promotion. And then he puts his foot in the ground, brings it back, and here comes the fullback back, and he's cutting the defense. So your backers are running, your secondaries running, and uh, next thing you know, you know they've got an open lane. So. I think they're as good as anybody with some of this downhill run, but then they'll stretch, 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 and then they'll stretch <clears throat> and bring the misdirection, whether it's with toss or some of the other things they do. And then and on top of all that, they build their, their play-action pass game, their run-action pass game off of all the same stuff. So, look, it's easy to say. If you can stop the run game, then it's going to make your life a lot easier. It'll make it a, a lot easier. And uh, – but that's easier said than done. So, I mean, these guys on defense, our guys, they're going to have to be very disciplined with what their keys are and uh, and what what we're asking them to do. Because they these guys will get on you. They will. And then if you let them, if if you let them get some explosive runs on you, you you know we're going to be in trouble. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Hey, uh, Dan, how are the Niners looking? It's looking fucking good, man. I mean, I mean, literally, what didn't he mention? Like, it it was pretty much, we're just cut you up in so many different ways that hopefully you can stay disciplined. And he said it, easier said than done. You can watch the film. Everyone knows what Kyle likes to do. Yeah. But how do you stop all that motion when you're out there on the field, how do you not bite on those things? And then if you don't and you hesitate for a split sec, I mean, Kyle schemes it up better than, and we talk about it all the time, but he, he schemes it up better than most. And 
He just knows how to get people open and he knows how to put pressure on defenses. And that's a man that knows that his defense has their work cut out for him. And he knows that all it takes is all you got to do is show Kyle that you can't handle this or this part of their offense. And he's just going to beat it down their throats over and over and over again. And then right when you think you've made the right adjustment to now stop this play, it's going to look exactly the same and you're going to be ready for it and you're going to jump it. And then all of a sudden there's someone leaking out and something else happens. And it's just, it is, it is a tough ask for this defense to try and stop um, all that Kyle's going to bring to the table week one. Cause I can tell you right now, Kyle has heard, about our slow starts he has heard it and he is just he's setting himself up and he knows that uh we've got a perfect matchup to start off the year one and oh and he's gonna go out there and make sure that this this is not close yeah um i'm just re-watching a run play mm-hmm. versus the raiders the niners you heard dan campbell they'll stretch you they'll stretch they'll stretch they'll stretch and the stretch run game is what really gets teams off balance, right? Because this is exactly what Joe Staley was, was talking about with us on how Kyle wants to use this offense. And Raheem Moshe is a really, really big part of this offense. He's very, very important. Or just the fact that they need a guy that has that type of speed and that one cut ability. So Jamichael Hasty fits the description. Yeah. Mitchell fits the description. Then you kind of have Trey Sermon, who gives you a little more of the Tevin Coleman type feel. Um, Carlos Hyde, Kareem Hunt type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you want to run behind Trent Williams and George Kittle. And I fully expect them to run left a lot on Sunday. Um, I fully expect them to, I, I fully expect Monster to have at least one run over 45 easily. Oh, I hope so. For my own fantasy football sake, I hope Correct. that happens. But, but outside of that, it doesn't take much Yeah, for Mostert to get 40. Yard. I mean, he just needs a, a couple lane, like a lane here or there. And he's more than fast enough to get around and and it just be about can the safety make a tackle? And that's that's what it's gonna come down to. Because I think Mostert will have himself a day, and this run game in general will have themselves a day. And it it was it's gonna be tough. You know it's coming and you still can't stop it, and that's when you know you're really fucking good. Yeah. Um and then uh, Mac in the comments, don't leave Mike McDaniels out of the praise. Yes, Absolutely yeah. McDaniels. Absolutely. Deserves a ton of praise for this run game. He is the run game guru. Uh, he is the guy uh, who makes that a lot of this stuff go with the design. And then the way the Niners <laughs> block, they don't block corners. They Look block at Kittle. Look at, let's just everybody watch Kittle too, right after you got Trent. Right. And then look at Kittle down here. But then look how he celebrates this. Like he just fucking knows. Like we are too good right here, this angle. <laughs> watch watch he's taking him and then he's like yes look at this yes and then flex on him like this you can't stop it yeah we are too good and they all own up to blocking like every oh. you cannot be on this team if you can't or at least if you can't uh get out there and just own up to your own you got to block you got to block to be on this team regardless of the position you are we are. We've got some receivers that are really good at. It. We've got the best blocking tight end in football, um, who can also just destroy you offensively as well. I mean, this is this is a unit that is designed to run. So anybody, I mean, from a quarterback play position, you don't you're not asked to do too much as a quarterback with this team. 
because we know what we are and we are a run first team and we're going to try and we're going to try and our quarterbacks are going to have to make some key throws to keep the whole, the run option available. Yeah. But all that's all you're asked to do. Let's not turn the ball over, make a couple big throws here and there, keep the chains moving because we're going to keep running the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron Glenn is the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. First year defensive coordinator. The Detroit Lions are full of former players as coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have their handful. They have their hands full uh, with this offensive uh, line for the 49ers. Uh, They have to prepare for Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's get to Trey Lance. Trey Lance did have the microchip in his finger. The splint was off as of yesterday. He did not throw. So let me let's rephrase that. He did not throw on Monday. Tuesday was an off day, and then today, Wednesday. By the time you're hearing this, this is Thursday. Um, so for those who are listening on audio, uh, Wednesday he did throw, and according to several reports, he threw with some zip. A couple twenty no throws. He some zip. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, he did take some snaps. I don't know if they were under center or in the shotgun, but either way, he did take some snaps. So that would be technically day nine. Wednesday based on the injury time frame they gave us. So the seven days is what they hope for nine days, what it took. He looks to be likely ready to play. Ian Rapport was on KMBR uh, this morning. He said he had no indications that Trey Lance would not play or would not be active on Sunday. So we should hopefully see Trey Lance. Trey Lance, how many snaps does he get? Does he have more snaps than Detroit Lion points? <laughs> to see him. Does he have more snaps than Detroit Lions? I think I think Trey's gonna have like ten snaps. That's what I think Trey's gonna have. Okay, he's gonna have like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Lions at least ten points in this one, okay. but I think it's gonna be we're gonna be right around forty points, and it, it might be like a forty something to ten, thirty something to ten type of game. Yeah, and you give you give Lance maybe the fourth quarter. That's intriguing. Look, I have no idea what he wants to do with Trey. Like I, I am, I am clueless. And then the way he responds every time he's asked about it, I literally have no idea what he wants to do with Trey. Like I feel like there's this big secret, and he's just gonna unveil it, and everyone's gonna be like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Like I thought, I, I thought you were gonna do this two quarter. I have no idea. I, yeah. I truthfully don't. He has me like. All right, man. Let's just see how this. I don't know. Let's just see how it goes. Like I, I'm. Fuck it. We'll yeah, we're see. all along for the ride at this point. That's exactly. This is Kyle's show, and he has made it very clear he does not owe us anything. Like he's yeah. gonna do things his way. He doesn't need to tell us shit. And good luck trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna get Lance if he does play. You know, he's probably gonna have five or eight snaps, and I think you will see something maybe early in the game. Something before half, situationally, and then probably finish out the game. Give him a couple of throws to see, see if he get acclimated. You know, some live bullets in the regular season game are very different than obviously the preseason. The Detroit Lions isn't, good isn't point, very though, good. So. That's, that's a good point because I, I could absolutely see Kyle being like, "Hey, these first three quarters, Jimmy, you got. I'm giving you gold right here. Here's the plays we're calling. We're torching them, running the ball." Let's get this in the end zone. Let's let's really get this score up nice and high so that when I take you out, 
everyone's like, well, they're they're winning forty something, uh, you know, thirty something to ten. So yeah, obviously, take your quarterback out, throw your backup it. But I, but perhaps this whole play designs let, let's build a big enough lead so that there's no uh, quarterback controversy when I take you out and I put Trey in and I give Trey some run in the fourth quarter and let him go out there for a few series. So perhaps that's the the goal. Like let's let's get on him real quick. I'm gonna open that playbook up for Jimmy. Let's get a big run, and then I'm gonna say, well, guys, we were up twenty something points on these guys. So yeah, I threw Trey in there. And yeah. perhaps that's that's part of this. Yeah, that's. I mean, that makes more. That makes a ton of sense to do that if they're up big. Let the kid play. Um, Jen in the comments, she had a really good question. Does Does Trey throw first or run first? I'm gonna say he runs first. Yeah, I'm going with a run first as well. Um, and then, or he hands yeah. it off. He hands it off. There's he hands that, it off. Again. RPO uh, Fam Five Rivera uh, in the comments. Worst case, hear me out. How much wiggle room does Jimmy Garoppolo have? First interception, is he done? No, 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 no. no. He's gonna have. I mean, he's gonna have plenty. Yeah, of, but, this is week a, one. He's gonna he's have. A, he's gonna be able to do. If he if he falls flat on his face, he falls flat on his face. I mean, we're we're gonna win this week, and I I am fairly confident in that. <laughs> and I, I expect Jimmy to probably throw an interception. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it if he threw for two or three touchdowns and, then, and throws a pick. Like yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't doubt Jimmy's like eighteen of twenty-four, two hundred eight with three touchdowns and a stupid interception. And that, the, I wouldn't he, mind it. Yep. You know, two, two to three touchdowns and at least one pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. <laughs> Jimmy's gonna have Jimmy's gonna have a leash. He's gonna have a leash, but it's not gonna be. To the point where one interception is going to make Kyle just get him out of there. Now, if it's this a game early, is early, it's a little early in the season for for if Kyle Jimmy's really making, if Jimmy's making dumb mistake after dumb mistake, and not even turnover stuff, you know, bad throws here, missing reads there, taking unnecessary sacks, and let's just let's just say the Niners squeak out of this game like twenty four twenty, right? The rumblings only get louder. Like, what are you? What are we doing? What are we waiting on? Right? Yep. But in this game. You know, if I thought Trey Lance would win big, Jimmy Garoppolo should win big. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't foresee an, a, a case here where it becomes an issue. I think if any issues do arise, it probably would be week two. Philadelphia's defensive line is pretty damn good. Their defense is okay. The questions with them is really the offense. And then, of course, um, what, do, what do we do with our corners against those guys? But we'll get to them next week. Yep. Um, good Dan Campbell, the, the Niners have a pretty – I, I, I hate even saying like that. Not easy, but not super difficult task on defense. On on defense, right? Like they, they're not the Niners' offense isn't facing this this super stout defense. But Dan Campbell brings up the 49ers' defense. Let's talk to Dan, who is probably having a hard time sleeping tonight. In mode now, when when you sat down and, and you threw on that tape of San Francisco as you prepared your game plans, what was the one thing that maybe me jumped out the most to you about them? Well, what jumps out is the one who's not there, and that's Bosa, which we know is going to be back. So, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, Miko Ryans is, is uh, putting his own kind of spin or flavor on this defense. There's a lot of similarities, yet I think there's things that uh, he's wanting to be more aggressive with. We won't know that entirely till we get into the game against them, but I know we have to prepare for everything. Um, it's an attacking style defense. Um, you know, and and they've got certainly some pieces up front. They got a, a damn good middle linebacker and 
and uh, and and you know pretty good secondary. So that's just on the defensive front. Obviously, offensively, I think that uh, there's very few that do a better job than Shanahan offensively, and he's got weapons. Starts with Kittle and. Uh, you know, the things they're able to do, mix up the run game, play pass, um, and a lot of eye candy uh, to try to get your defense on its heels. I mean, this is a huge test for us. It's a good team, and it's a well-coached team. I mean, eye candy. You got Jimmy Garoppolo. He's good-looking. Fred Warner. Good-looking guys. Good-looking Right? Guys. I mean, this team is full of eye candy. Debo. Jimmy, I mean, just good looking guys all over this field. Kyle's good looking. Right. Uh, Lots of eye candy. Definitely. Ladies would agree in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's right. I mean, (laughs) there's so much they got to worry about. There's so much. It's, it is difficult. And look, he, he knows Warner's a fucking stud. He knows Bosa. If Bosa's getting after it, good luck stopping Bosa because he's relentless. Ford on some snap counts, if Ford gets in there, which, you know, we'll see. I don't, I mean, I'm not really banking on anything crazy, but if he does, great. I mean, good luck. And that's that's with Decker and Ragnar. Like, that's still a tall task to, to all the pressure they're going to get, let alone – that new and improved, you know, uh, the tackle position, right? That interior defensive line that we've committed to being able to rotate some guys in there and bring some additional pressure up the gut. So, I mean, I think I think Armstead is going to have himself a day. Bosa, this is going to this is going to be interesting, and it's a good enough offensive line that let's let's see if the preseason was a fluke or. As we rotate guys in there, are we still bring? Are we still getting the pressure that I, I want to see from this team? Are we still bringing that kind of heat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, D Ford mentioned that he would likely be on a pitch count, and this is something that they should have always done from the get go with D Ford pitch yeah. count, a pitch count with him in practice because that's what the Chiefs did when he was with the Chiefs. The Chiefs viewed him as a Sunday player, meaning they didn't give a shit if he practiced. Make sure your conditioning is good, D Ford. As long as you're good for Sunday, we're good, right? The Niners should have kind of followed that practice with the Chiefs. And we saw when they did that in Kansas City, he had his best season. I think he had like 15 and a half sacks. He had all his fumble yeah. recoveries and everything just like that. Gets San Francisco. The snap counts are high. He's practicing a lot more. Boom, he's hurt. Now you don't you miss him for the back end of the season. Luckily, he's back for the playoffs. Last season, same situation. Practice a little bit too much. Back issue. This offseason... A lot of maintenance days for D Ford, a lot of limited snaps for D Ford, getting him ramped up for the season. So I fully expect him yeah. to be on a pitch count Sunday. I would expect him no more than 20 snaps. How many third downs are there in a game, right? I mean, hmm. third and four, third and five, third and six. They're probably maybe looking right there at 11 or 12. Then you get into your second and long situations. Do you really need him out there for those? Depending on the length, you know, if it's like second and eight, yeah, put him out there. Let's go. That's a passing situation. If it's second and four, you're not putting him out there. So, yeah, I would. I wouldn't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's going to go over twenty. Yeah, and look, I mean, they they made a commitment, and I think you're 100 percent right. I think they look back and say, look, this is not a guy 
that we can put out there and, and him have a ton of volume out there at this position, right? He needs to be on a pitch count, mm-hmm. whether he's healthy or not. This guy just is one of those guys that at this point in his career, he just can't be out there all the time. We got, we, we've got to help him by getting him off the field. And I think they, they made a, a, a pretty good commitment to that and, and put some pieces in there where they'll be able to, to still bring the pressure at, with him not on the field. And I think they've, they've done a good, a good job for the most part of adding some pieces and, you know, a guy like even um, Ufunga, you know, blitzing him and getting him at, like just bringing a little bit more pressure, maybe some different ways than they have in the past. And then also just from a roster standpoint, adding some depth so that he can just sit down, chill, take a breather and keep his body healthy so that when we do get him out there, he's he's ready to run. So Bosa and him need to we need to ease both of them back into it. So we'll, we'll see how much run they do get. But I, I'm hoping we can get up big and we can rotate some of this defensive line or edge rushers and throw some other guys in there so that they get in and out, everyone stays healthy, and we walk out of there with a W and we're good to go. Let's worry about week two. Yeah. Nick Bosa, I'm looking back on 2019 for his snap count. He had – Too many? 777 snaps, so that was 75%. Just too uh, many snaps. That's a little bit too many. Now, if you go game by game, it changed once D Ford was out. Well, so, sure. So the first half of the season, he only broke. So from week week one to week eight, he had three games over 40 snaps. Week nine through 16 or 17 – he was consistently over 55 snaps. And you saw the drop-off in his pressures. You saw the drop-off in production, but it was necessary to have him out there. The sweet spot for Nick Bosa, to me, seems like 35, 36 snaps because that's when he's most productive. Yeah. If he's on a pitch count coming off an ACL injury then we're probably looking at the same situation, probably 25 to 30 for Nick. This is part of why you bring in depth, right? Arden Key, Samson Ibukum, Zach Kerr, DJ Jones, Maurice Hurst. Uh, you got Kevin Contavious Street. You got Armstead. You have, you know, you have this depth of a, of a room. Um, Key and Ibukum are there to supplement Bosa and, and Ford. Yes, is there a drop-off? Obviously. But you plan on paying Nick Bosa Joey Bosa money. So let's it's true. Let's slowly ramp him up, right? So you know, looking back at 2019, he's most productive in that 35 to 40 range. I wouldn't go over that. 60. Well, and then think about this. He gets, you know, it's a lot. Now, I will say his probably his best game, in my opinion, was that Seattle game, week 17. He had 64 snaps, absolutely dominated that game. Um, so there, there's that. And then the New Orleans games he had New Orleans game he had sixty eight defensive snaps so that's a lot for him. Yeah, my thing too is if if you look at his production, if we just want to look at sacks, you know, those first eight weeks or so, he's at about eight sacks through those first eight weeks of the season, 
And then the the final half, right? So going from week nine on, and even if you're counting the playoffs all the way up to the Super Bowl, right after that, we've got, let's see here. One, two, four, six. Yeah. So we're we're like doubling snap count or close to doubling snap counts and the productions, you know, right right around the same. And it's just, mind you, you need to have them out there to keep bringing the pressure, especially if Ford's not on the field. But, you know, you're with in the 30s. When you're in the 30s and he's still putting up eight sacks, right, during that course of the season, you know, I would love for him to be in that range in the 30s throughout the course of the year and then come playoff time, then, hey, let's go. Like, oh, let's, let's do what we need to do. But... You know, I, I would prefer him not start off the first half of the year in the high 50s, 60s, anywhere in the 50s, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm completely cool with, you know, those right around the 30, 30 snap mark for him, to, at least to start the year until we can get into the mid 30s and then maybe the 40s. But, I mean, he he's proven that if he is healthy, he's a fucking workhorse and he'll go out there and he'll he'll run all day long. But this is not the kind of player that you want out there 69 snaps, you know, 65 snaps. I mean, we're going to, we'll run them down real fast that way. Yeah. So I, I'm, I don't want them there at all. So uh, in the comments, they're asking about the Cleveland Browns game for Nick Bosa. He had 37 snaps in that game. Mm-hmm. So, and he was very, 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 very productive. So yeah, I mean, that fits what we were talking about 30 to 35. That, you know, 37 is two more. What's what's two more snaps in this case? So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're pretty much spot on based on these numbers here with the snap counts. Um, Luis Fernando Aguilar Alonso, super Hispanic name. Shout out to Dang. him. Dang, okay. <laughs> uh, will Bosa or Ford have an Alden Smith um, versus Pitt game versus the Lions? Mm, I mean, Alden Smith had what, four sacks that game? And absolutely destroyed Ben Rossberger that game. I'd love it. I just don't think so because I just don't think they're going to have. I think they're going to be on a very short leash. Like I, I think they're snap. I think they're on a, a legit pitch count. Like this is. I think both of them. I think both will have a few more snaps, but I, I just don't think they're going to be out there all that much. Besides certain I, situations, I just don't think so. I mean, hot take. I think Alden Smith was better than Nick, but I mean, Alden was a freak. I mean, now you you were you were lining up next to the Cowboy too, bro. I mean, I mean, he had Defoe. The Cowboy had just three guys Cowboy on him, pulling him. He's just conversation. DeForest Buckner, Justin Smith. Close. It's got to be close. I get. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. All right, all right, it's all right. I guess it's close. It's a topic for for Twitter, so people can argue. Um, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't think you'll have an Alden Smith type game. But I think, I think, I think combined, Ford and Bosa probably have over under one and a half sacks. I think they're. I think they'll be at one each. You know, that's um, fair. I think we'll see a sack from from Warner, and I think we'll see Hufanga with a sack. So four sacks on Sunday. If Hufanga gets club, a sack. So, Javi, you're hearing it from. I'm texting you real fast. That's fine. Absolutely. Um, so, something we did, we've done since the podcast started three keys to victory. What is it going to take for the 49ers to win this game? We've covered a lot here. 
Yeah. I think the most important part is with this game is to score before half and after half. And you know, double we'll up, on up for that. Yeah. yeah. Double up on the team. That way they're, they're forced to throw the ball more. And now you can tee off on Jared Goff. So score before the half and after the half, whether that's a field goal and, and a touchdown or a touchdown and a field goal or two touchdowns or two field goals, whatever it is, if you're going to get a bigger point advantage, point advantage after or before the half and after the half, that is a big part of what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. So obviously I, I fully expect the Niners to defer on the kickoff, the opening kickoff, look to get the ball in the second half and hopefully have the ball before the first half ends and score quickly to go into the half with, you know, whatever it might be. You know, maybe they're up by 10. Boom, now they're up by 17. You come out of the gate after halftime, another touchdown. Now you're up by 24. Game's already out of hand. Here comes Trey Lance to finish it off. Like, shit like that. I knew you were going to (laughs) say. I knew you were going to say that. Hey, for me, I mean, that's a big key there. One of the other things is just going to be the silly turnovers, the fumbles or interception that leads to points on the other side. Look, if you want to throw the ball 60 yards down the field, flip the field and throw a pick, fine. But a pick right over the middle when you're still on on the opponent's 30-yard line or something along those lines, it can't happen against a team like this. Because we've seen in the past how momentum can swing quickly. And what we can't have is for us to look like we're dominating and moving the ball well. Maybe a drive stalls out and we're like, well, hey, we're still moving this ball easy. And then all of a sudden we throw a pick and then boom, they get seven out of it because they just they just have a short field. And that's a tall task for a defense that is already, you know, we've got guys on pitch counts or secondaries a little banged up. You know, the last thing we want to do is keep throwing them out there and throwing them out there and throwing them out there. So let's make sure that the turnovers, we keep that to a minimum and no no turnovers on the opponent side. Right. So yeah. if it's over the 50, okay, no big deal. But let's not shorten the field for him that much. So that's one of my big things. I, I want I look if Jimmy's gonna throw throw a pick, fine, but make it on a deep play. None none of those the linebacker just surprises him and there's a pick and maybe it's a pick six. I mean, we yeah. can't have that. Let's not let our turnover lead to points for the other side. Absolutely agree. Um second key to victory. For me, D'Amico Ryans, don't mess this up. And what I mean by that is you have a loaded defense. Robert Sala gave you a a blueprint on how to utilize these players. Yes, sprinkle your stuff in there. I'm not saying to, you know, just copy what Sala did, but let's keep it, let's keep it simple, stupid. Like, don't overthink this, right? You have... You're familiar with the opponent, Jared Goff. You are familiar with Anthony Lynn and his run game schemes. You understand those things. Utilize your best players. Make sure they're in the position to succeed. D'Amico runs your first game in the, you know, first regular season game. Call it straight up. You want to get creative? Cool. Get creative on, you know, a third and 20 or something. You know what I mean? Don't get too creative on it's third and one and they're only down by three and they're within field goal range. Like, don't do anything stupid there. Yeah. So with Demi- I think I think it's a big game for D'Amico. You have the opportunity here to tee off on on Jared Goff. Now the Lions have a decent offensive line, like I said, but you want to get creative, get creative over Panay Sewell. Go ahead and put Bosa and Ford on the same side. 
put Ibukam and, and Ford on the same side. Do those type of things. Um, and protect your defensive players, too. Like, you have really talented guys. Put them in positions to succeed. I would love to see a Jimmy Ward interception. It's been so long. Oh, it's going to happen. Count it. That's happened. Um, I was just going to so, say that. It's going to happen. It's like that. So that was, that was my second key to victory. D'Amico Ryans, don't mess this up. Yeah, that's fair as well. I mean, so one of mine is hit golf. Hit Jared early. Early and often. That first quarter, every series they have in the first quarter, the first half of this football game, hit him. I want to see his ass on the ground. And from then on out, the turnovers will happen. The three and outs will happen. And we'll keep this ball in the offense's hands. And this defense will have a nice, we'll have some rest. We'll have everybody fresh and ready to go for week two because we're we're gonna we'll start getting third and downs over third and outs over and over again. And as long as we're scoring when they're down 20 and it's in Jared's hands and he's already shook up, just I want to see that first series Jared hit the ground once. Whether or not it's a sack or he gets rid of the ball, I just want to see his ass on the ground the first time just to remind him. You can go wherever you want in the NFL, but if you're playing the 49ers, your your ass is going to be in the grass again. So just remind them what it was like back in Los Angeles. It'll be the same shit over in Detroit. And uh we'll get it going and we're gonna get we're gonna see some of those picks. And I, I think Jimmy's gonna get one of them this weekend. So that's your bold prediction, Jimmy Ward in, with interception? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's a bold prediction. I mean, considering, the, I guess, some some of the faithful get a little upset that he doesn't have more picks than what he has so far for his career. I, yeah. You know, I think he gets one this week. I think he okay. definitely does. Right on, right on. Um, third key to victory. Feed George Kittle. That was my man. It's Kittle. Kittle is the... Kittle is, you know, as Jadakiss said it during his verses when he was referring to the locks, he's like, I'm the transmission. So if anyone knows that reference, like, George Kittle is the transmission of this offense. Of course you brought Jay up. Listen, that was a great verses. Um, mm-hmm. Feed Kittle. Utilize him in the run game. And when I mean feed Kittle too in the pass game, just give him opportunities to run after the catch. Jimmy, I've been critical of you for over a year. Stop throwing high to this guy. Give it to him where he can catch it in stride and run. He has, that is his best ability or one of his best abilities, running after the catch. Give it to him in stride. Allow him to pick up steam and run over a safety or a corner because no one is tackling him by themselves, especially corners or safeties. Linebacker, different story. Um, But you have to feed George Kittle. I, I fully expect George Kittle to have more than 10 targets this game. If you have him in fantasy, I would start him as well. If you're not starting George Kittle, if you need Javi to tell you to start George Kittle, you have a problem. Yes, you, you have yeah. a lot more problems than no. the <laughs> football team. You got to give George Kittle at least 10 targets, at the very least 10 targets in this game. Um, Dude, there's no nobody on that defense that is going to be able to keep up with George Kittle. There is no answer on that defense. None. And I'm not None. trying to shit on anybody and their linebacker. Like, I'm not trying to shit on them. He's too good. And they just don't have the personnel to keep up with him. They can try the zone and move people around and just try and blanket some of the stuff over the middle. That's fine. But he's going to have his opportunities, and Jimmy just has to get the ball to him. So I, I fully expect close to 100 yards and a touchdown 
for George Kittle. Yeah, the Lions are terrible versus tight ends. That's why I brought it up too. I think they've literally allowed a a hundred yard tight end tight ends all season last year. The Lions were the thirty second ranked defense last year, bro. And and George is going against his an old teammate at tight end. He's gonna flex on him. He's got to flex on him and be like, "Hey, remember Youngin? There's a reason (laughs) why people are drafting Iowa tight ends, right? There's a reason why you're in the league. That's because of me, bro. Don't forget it." He'll flex on him. You'll see it. It's going down, man. So uh, feed George Kittle was your third, or did you yeah. have another? Okay. That was my third. It was George Kittle. You'll see it. Yeah, so we agree on that. So the Niners, they should have this game in hand, I would assume, by halftime. If they don't, then I'm going to have some questions, right? But we've known Jimmy Garoppolo being notoriously starting slow. And Niners, well, not Jimmy Garoppolo solely, but Kyle Shanahan offenses the last 13 seasons have started slow. 19.31 points per game. Not this week. This week is a change in that. Um, And the Niners finish strong and get out of this game clean, healthy. That's the big thing. Healthy out of week one. And then start the season on the right foot, 1-0. The Niners need to take advantage of this really light first two weeks. Seattle plays... The Colts, which should be a really good game. Arizona plays the Titans. That's a tough one. And then the Rams got the Bears. I kind of like what the Bears are doing, but I kind of like the Rams a little bit more. So the hope is this weekend the Niners are 1-0 and the rest of the division is 0-1, which is a possibility. The Niners have the easiest game on the schedule this week, um, and it's probably probably the worst game of the week, Lions versus Niners, <laughs> just because the Niners should absolutely blow them out. Again, the Niners are favored by seven and a half. If you have Mostert, Kittle, Ayuk, or Debo, I'd start them, and I'd probably stream the Niners' defense and or Jimmy this week. So, look, I'm thinking I'm not a fantasy expert. I've only won one fantasy title ever. That's sorry, right, man. You've had it's some like good teams years. though. You've had some good teams in the past. Injury bugs. It's it happens. It oh. happens. Christian McCaffrey got hurt last year. In that royally that was a big one. That yeah. was a big one. I'm absolutely like one of the things that I'm looking for is I want the sack from Hufunga. These are some of the things I wrote down. I'm thinking we get a big, at least one big return for Mitchell this weekend. Just enough to be like, yeah, like the, that's my guy. That's my guy. I'm a not, not, not like the, the fair catches in the past. I think Mitchell gets himself a really nice return on one of these. And then I'm thinking Debo Kittle, Sermon and Mostert all get touchdowns this weekend. Um, and now it's question and answer. Oh, my question beer. I'm about to pop it. Yeah. <laughs> get you a man who defends you like Fern Prosopop. <laughs> Mom, that's my brother right there. Listen, that's for those of you guys who are for those who are new here, me and Fern go back second, first, second grade. Yeah. We lived five houses from each other back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my guy. Um, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Let's do some questions. You guys always kill it with questions. So there was a couple in here. Let me go back to a couple of these questions. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of arguing going on here. Okay. 
<laughs> if the Fortnite stay healthy on the back end of the defense, allowing them to play more cover one and blitz, is it far-fetched to think Fred Warner can win defensive player of the year? No, it is not far-fetched. However, defensive player of the year generally goes to the pass rusher. I was just going to, that's my big thing. It's not that I don't think Fred's play doesn't deserve him to be in consideration for that award. I just think that's a tough award for him at his position to win. And I, and he's, and he is, for what these middle linebackers are asked to do and be the quarterback of a defense and, for everything that Fred does in coverage and how he leads this defense. I mean, absolutely. He should be in consideration, especially if this defense is as good as I think they could be. But I just, I hope I'm wrong. I just don't, I just, I just don't see him as a defensive player of the year, like a legit viable, you know, top two finisher for that type of uh, award. I think that's a tough one. Yeah, it's going to go to, you know, Chase Young and Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, if he ever gets paid, uh, Aaron Donald, of course. You know, those guys are usually the guys who win it. Um, Stefan Gilmore won it a couple years ago. He had a really, really, really good season. So there is a possibility of it not being a defensive end or a defensive tackle. Fred Warner would have to be like... I just don't know how you can have to be get it at that level from 2013. Yeah. Or Navarro Bowman level from 2013. Like, those were the two guys who... Picks. Bowman should have won in 2013, by the way. That's I'll never get over that. Over Luke Keekley. Um, but if let's let's say Fred has five picks and five sacks, right? And over 110 tackles, then he's gonna be in contention. Mm-hmm. Um, do they do they play more cover one this year? It's gonna depend on the corners, too. So it's, it's gonna just, be there's a lot That'll of be interesting. In this one. I, I hope I hope he is, though. I hope if he he's is. In that means the Niners defense is top five Ooh. again. Yep. Uh, Nick, day one listener, as always, besides a victory, what is something you want to see from this game? I want to see Mike McGlinchey not allow a pressure. Mm. Not one pressure from Mike McGlinchey on Sunday. Not one. I like that. Although I did tell you, I think I, I am a little fearful for him. I know. Because he does have uh, an athletic edge coming after him. But for me, one of the things that I want to see is I want to see a decisive Jimmy Garoppolo in the pocket. He's he's talking super calm and collected, and he's got this swagger, but I want to see him drop back, step up, and just rifle passes. And I know they're not going to be big bombs and air it out, but I want to see him carve up his own defense and hit the soft spot and put it right where it needs to be. So I want to see a decisive, accurate Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend. Yeah, that's that's big. They do need a accurate and decisive Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, do we see Warner in coverage more since Bosa is back? I think we see Warner in the same amount of coverage as he Which was. Is a lot. Which is... I think we're going to see more blitzing from Fred. Well, I mean, they've said it. They're going to blitz more. And they're going to hey, have guys on the line more. So Fred said today that uh, going up against Lakin, he was like Lakin was literally the, one of the strongest guys I've ever played against. 
And I just think they are going to ask Fred to do a little bit more. Like he's, he's going to get in there and blitz and he's going to do what he does best, which is out there in coverage as well. But I mean, he's, they're going to, they're going to ask him to, to get after that quarterback as well. Yeah, no, Fred's going to be, uh, uh, Fred's a primary focus for this 49ers team. He just got paid and not that he didn't deserve it, but they're going to ask more of him. So uh, let's see here. Dawson, are y'all concerned over Kinlaw and his knee problem? I would be if the Niners weren't so deep at defensive tackle. Does it suck that your 13th overall pick is having knee issues? Absolutely. When you read a report that DeForest Buckner played with a broken hand all of 2020. Yes. But it does concern me. It absolutely concerns me because that's part of what makes the trade makes me not want to vomit when I think about trading DeForest Buckner is, <laughs> is the idea of Kinlaw being really, really good. And I have really high expectations for him this year. I don't need him to be DeForest Buckner, but I need him to be enough to get Armstead going because that's that's the key for me is Ar- I think Armstead needs a Buckner or a Kinlaw to take some of that pressure off him and allow him to do and work in the way that he feels comfortable. We talked about it. He's not Batman, right? He's Robin, and he needs he needs somebody to help alleviate some of that pressure. And and Kinlaw needs to be that guy, or else the whole Buckner thing doesn't annoys me. You know that, that if if he doesn't pan out, or if he's got this ongoing knee injury, which I thought was kind of resolved, but um, that's gonna be it's gonna be rough for me, and it does make me nervous. A guy with his size and as big as he is, if I mean, he's swollen in the knee, I, I don't. <laughs> that's I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we're we're all right, but that does make me really nervous. Yeah, no, it does. I, I, I'm okay with it because of the depth, but I'm also sure. like, shit. You did trade away Defoe. You spent the 13 overall pick here, and then, you know, if he if this stuff persists, you could be looking for another defensive tackle again, and you don't have a first round pick for two years. So these things get a little shaky. Um, did the Washington mm-hmm. did Washington ready pay Jonathan Allen? Yeah, I think they did. Never mind. Yeah, they paid him. Never mind. Yep. So we're not getting Jonathan Allen anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared about uh, it. George, in the uh, comments here, I would I would want to see uh, the 49ers defense score or put, or put the 49ers offense on a short field. That was something they lacked a year ago that they had in the Super Bowl run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'll, I, I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I think golf will do it. I think golf is going to give him an opportunity. The second golf gets, and I may, maybe he's different. Maybe Detroit golf is not Rams golf. I'm gonna say you he's are who like you are. Golf. That's what's probably gonna, we're gonna see. And as long as we pressure him, man, he's he's gonna throw a couple of passes that you're gonna be like, what the hell? And whether that's a Fred Warner pick or one of our corners or a fu- I mean, we're gonna get some opportunities to turn the ball over, shorten the field, and get some points off of it. So. We'll see. Uh, Ryan, in the comments, how will Trey Sermon be utilized? Do you think? I think, I think it's going to be similar to what Nikhil's done with all his running backs. He's going to go with the hot hand. So if Mostert is giving you seven, eight yards of carry, he's going to ride that that horse, and you know, put uh, Sermon in here, put him in sparingly. You know, may, I think Sermon probably gets like eight, nine carries. Hmm. 
Mm. You know, you would think if they're going to run the ball 40 times, there's no way Raheem is getting 40 carries. No. There's no way. So I would think Sermon's probably going to get 8 to 10, 55 yards. You know, that kind of fits the mold of him. Probably two receptions or two opportunities in the past game. Something like that. I, I would look at the Tevin Coleman model for him right now for the 49ers. Yeah, it's early. I, I think his role is going to increase as, as the season goes on, but I, I definitely see him getting double digits carries. I think he's going to be right around that 10, 12 carry range this weekend. Yeah, that that's that fits him. Um, So let's get out of here. We've been on for about an hour and 20. Uh, again, remember, the we will be doing a giveaway with residency after yes. week three, uh, working on some hats, the 49ers. Uh, for every 49er win, we'll be having a giveaway for this hat. Not this one specifically on my head, but similar in style, the residency uh, SF hat. Uh, so you have to listen to the pod to hear for the keyword. Um, and that'll be after the week three Packers game. We'll start that. And then <clears throat> make sure you're following everything online on Twitter for a residency at residency and then follow myself at Javier Vague underscore and follow Fernando at DZ0880. Um, we will be keeping you updated on all that. And then again, there is a the tickets, really bro. big giveaway. The tickets. The tickets. I got off. There's someone who I speak to on a regular basis who is a season ticket holder. Uh, he is unable to go this year and he offered two tickets to me. I said I couldn't go. And I said, you know what? Let's just give him away on the podcast. So I have yeah. tickets. Section 129 Row four at Levi's for Niners Colts. Like, come on. Niners Colts. Up for grabs. All you go go on Twitter. Uh, Follow myself. Follow Fernando. Just retweet it, and hopefully you will win. I will be announcing that after the week two game. We're going to do it live, right? We're going to do it live. I'm going to work on something, yeah, to figure that out. If not, I'll just post it uh, just because my work schedule stinks right now. Um, but yeah, two tickets. We got hat giveaways. We're working on something with DJ Jones's family and barbecue sauce giveaways. Yep. And then, of course, we still have, as long as we get to a thousand subscribers, a George Kittle jersey, male or female, will be Ooh. sent to you as long as you help us get to a thousand subscribers. So we're getting there as well. So we appreciate everyone's support as always. Great. This is episode 171. It's been a long run. Uh, we appreciate everyone for always tuning in and supporting us. Uh, but we will be back post game of the Niner victory on Sunday. Right. So um, where, we yeah, here, tell them what are we doing? We're doing Sundays and Wednesdays, right? Sundays and Wednesdays from now on. Yeah. Um, so before we get out of here, score prediction, Fernando, what do you think? Niners 30, 35, 35, 10, 35, 10, 35, 10. And I'm going 33, nine, 49ers pull this one out. Um, so all field goals for the Lions this week. All field goals for the Lions. I don't allow any touchdowns. But uh, as always, everyone stay safe out there. Take care of yourselves and your neighbors. Um, and we will see you guys Sunday post game. Peace. Go Niners. <laughs>